0: No matter how good you are at your job, how fun your industry or business is, or how lovely of a person you are, you will inevitably run into difficult clients here and there. There are several ways to manage interactions in the moment with your difficult clients, but today I want to go a little deeper and talk about why they're difficult in the first place. Navigating difficult conversations is something I teach all of my clients because it is very powerful when you find yourself unexpectedly caught in the middle of a very uncomfortable, awkward, or heated exchange. However, what I want to give you today is a way to have even fewer of those moments and more clients that you enjoy working with. What I'm talking about today will actually change how you see all of your clients, improve your client service in general, and help you save time and energy because you won't be dreading, avoiding, and stewing over those difficult clients nearly as much. I mean, we are still human. You will have some moments. Seriously, though, you are going to like this episode. I worked through this process that we're talking about today with one of my clients who has a whole list of difficult clients, and it has completely changed how she prepares for her client calls, how she creates engagement letters and proposals, and how she responds to emails and questions from her clients. She used to spend a lot of mental energy and time drafting responses to client questions. She felt angry and offended by the questions that they asked and would delay returning client calls because she wanted to prepare every possible response so that the client wouldn't doubt her or question her further. What we found was that most of these exercises that she was going through were stemming from her desire for perfectionism and to never be caught off guard. She was interpreting their questions as stabs at her integrity, her knowledge, authority, or experience. She feared they would think she didn't know what she was doing, that they wouldn't renew and pay her fees, they wouldn't value her work, or that they'd go above her head and complain or ask for exceptions from the managing partner at her firm. When she slowed her brain down, most of her clients were asking fairly simple questions, mostly from true lack of understanding on their part, maybe even curiosity, and generally a genuine interest in running their own businesses better. They had nothing but high regard and appreciation for my client and her work. So our real work was in changing how my client looked at her own clients. We looked at what biases she has from her own socialization, her personal experiences, and her cultural background. We also looked at how she views her clients and why. Because 90% of her frustration with her difficult clients comes from her own thoughts and feelings going into the conversations and interactions. Now, more than half of her difficult clients are actually clients that she enjoys. She also understands more clearly why she enjoys some clients more than others and what makes a good, profitable, pleasant client versus one that is not. So if you have difficult clients and want some actions to take to change that, here's how. But before we dive in, I think it's important to state that you are 100% allowed to fire any client if you can't find a way that you want to work with them. This is not meant to be an exercise in forcing yourself to keep clients that feel like a complete drag on your energy, cost you lots of time and money, and make you feel bad about yourself. First, let's talk about what makes a difficult or easy client and why. I want you to think about your three most difficult clients. What about them makes them difficult for you? Maybe they are non-responsive, send you information way after deadlines, are argumentative and question everything you say or suggest are always negotiating or asking for a discount. They ask for exceptions and special treatment on the regular, Miss calls, or late for meetings, or reschedule often. Maybe they don't laugh at your jokes, or they never say thank you, and they never seem pleased with anything you're doing. Maybe they just don't smile ever. Now think about the clients you most enjoy working with. They probably listen to what you say. They seem impressed by you or your knowledge. They're open to your suggestions and advice. That is why they hired you, right? They're willing to act on your advice. They follow instruction. They laugh at your jokes. They say thank you. They're polite, responsive, and maybe they even give you compliments or ask you about you and your own life. Here's the interesting thing about everything I just listed on both of those. Most of this is your interpretation. It's your opinion or your story about that client. None of it really tells you anything about what the client's actually thinking about you. It may tell you about some of the things they're thinking and feeling in their own life and business, like what they say and do is a reflection of that. But more importantly, it tells you everything about what you are thinking and feeling when you're interacting with your clients. When you're with a difficult client or thinking about one or working on one, your brain offers you lots of well-rehearsed thoughts like, oh gosh, here we go again. He's always so needy. I don't understand why he has to question every little thing. He doesn't respect my experience. I hope she doesn't complain this time. This client is so rude and unpleasant. They really just don't appreciate me. Whereas when you're talking with or thinking about your easy clients, you're more likely thinking things like, I'm so smart. She likes me. I'm doing a great job. I feel so valued. This client really appreciates the work I'm doing for them. Those thoughts give you a great hit of job satisfaction dopamine. So you decide these clients are easy to work with and those who don't fit this mold and don't create that dopamine are difficult. You really can't assume that you just happen to like or dislike some clients because of some objective reality about them or you. It is really so much more subjective. And beyond these somewhat more conscious thoughts that we just walked through, you also have all sorts of implicit and internalized biases. This doesn't mean you're purposely disliking or judging someone or that you have any kind of personal failing because you have biases. It means that where you were born, how you were raised, what you believe, how you look, and a number of other things that contribute to how you identify as a human today are at play in your subconscious when you talk or interact with anyone. And while you have all this information swirling around for yourself based on your own experiences, you also have biases about the people you're working with and how you judge them when you're interacting. And this can be as simple as you being a woman talking with a man. We're socialized very differently, even though we may have a lot of other things in common. Or it could be working with people from different regions of the same country or from different countries. It includes differences in ethnicity, religion, race, language, cultural norms, gender, age economic status, education, and so much more. It's why you probably find it easier to work with people who share some similar experiences and backgrounds as you, and why those outside your predominant culture and experience might feel more difficult. Studies actually show that humans interpret emotional cues more correctly from people in their own groups than outside their group. That can be your industry, your gender, your race, your ethnicity, etc. It even includes biases or stereotypes between, say, accountants, creatives, lawyers, free spirits, startups, technology, engineers, and so on. All of this is to help you notice all the ways you might be interpreting your clients as difficult so you can decide what you want to take and use for yourself. Don't use any of what I'm sharing to judge yourself, shut yourself down, or feel overwhelmed. Awareness and curiosity are your key strengths here. And that's why I'm sharing all this with you. So now that we know what makes a difficult client, your thoughts, biases, and socialization about the client and yourself, what do you do with this information? Let's talk about how this impacts your work. This is where we will change everything for you. What you think about yourself, along with the biases, socialization, and experiences you bring to the table when you interact with clients, impact what you think about the client and how you interpret their words and behaviors. While your client interactions may be about a few specific facts and figures, all of your frustration comes from your own brain. It doesn't mean you're wrong for thinking this way, that you shouldn't have these thoughts, or that feeling frustrated is wrong. But knowing this puts a lot more control over the interaction back into your hands. You can control how you feel when you're doing behind-the-scenes work for your clients. All the stuff you do that the client doesn't see because you're not on a call. You can also control how you show up on a call. But as for that behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, the time when you're sitting there cursing the client for sending files late, incomplete, or just plain inaccurate, or for sending you questions about something that seems totally irrelevant at 5 p.m. on a Friday, or for pinging you 15 times in one hour because they suddenly have an urgent question. You may not even have to talk to them. But the way you feel and think about them will impact how long you spend on their work, how detailed you are, how you price their work, how tired you feel after a day of working on their files, and even how you interact with your own team in regards to these difficult clients. Worse, it can seep into your marketing and sales when you start trying to convince the worst type of clients why they should work with you, or you start tailoring your services or engagement letters to cater to all the worst case, worst client scenarios. Yuck. Sometimes simply the awareness that the client herself is not creating the difficulty for you can completely shift your energy and interaction. Sometimes you might want to work through the thoughts you notice coming up about your clients and decide if they're useful to you. You might want to find different thoughts. If not, decide if you want to change your thoughts and feelings or change something else. You can take all sorts of actions to please a client. Or avoid a difficult conversation or interaction. But that will likely get you feeling more overwhelmed and frustrated and spending even more energy trying to people please. It's really more like putting a band aid on a broken arm. You really want to fix the things underlying. Remember my client who was clinging to perfectionism to make sure her clients would never be able to ask her a question that she didn't already know the answer to? What really worked for her was letting go of that perfectionism and just saying, oh, Let me look at the question they actually have. Let me see if they actually had like this deep question that I'm interpreting it to be or, oh, look, it's actually very something very simple. I was just making it complex because of my own thoughts and feelings. The only way that you will actually find your clients less difficult is by getting curious and being more intentional about what you're thinking and feeling. That's where all the mindset and thought work comes into play. This is a huge part of how I help my clients change their client relationships and become more productive and profitable in the process. Finally, have you noticed that none of what we've talked about so far includes anything to suggest that a client is good or bad from a business perspective? We're not talking about what makes for a profitable client or what makes a client one worth keeping or not from a strictly business management and financial standpoint. Although I will say, sorting out why you like or dislike clients is a great exercise to add into the mathematical evaluation. When you can recognize that your view of a client as difficult is an optional thought or story, you get to challenge that thought and ask better questions that will help you improve how you interact with, market to, sign, keep, fire, and serve clients. It will impact your bottom line. I've mentioned it several times, but I want to really look at the part where I say that what you think and believe about yourself impacts your interactions with difficult clients. When you are thinking that your client is difficult for whatever reason, you have feelings, emotions, and those feelings impact the actions you take. Interestingly, the actions you take when you're working with a difficult client tend to result in you being a difficult service provider. Think about this. If your client is resistant to your expert advice, how do you feel? I might feel confused, offended, frustrated, or even angry, depending on the particular situation. And when you feel those emotions, what do you do? you probably separate yourself somewhat. You tune out. You think the client is an idiot or rude or stubborn. You probably become a bit resistant to hearing their questions or alternative ideas yourself. And you find that if you really observe the situation from outside, you're being equally stubborn. Fascinating, right? Sometimes this is a lot easier to do if you go and talk to a colleague and explain the situation. And if you were to leave out some of the feelings and just describe what the client's doing, they might be able to see some of that for you. This is why I find this work so powerful in improving not just your daily experience with your clients, but in becoming an even better service provider. The more you understand how your brain works, as well as how your client is experiencing the interaction, easier it will be to bring yourself back to an open and curious mindset with your clients. The goal here is not for you to simply do whatever the client wants. It's for you to have real conversations where you actually hear what each of you is saying. So you can provide the highest level of service while also having the energy for it, enjoying the work and getting paid appropriately because you don't get paid for sitting and stewing and worrying and avoiding. If you aren't busy trying to impress your clients, prove them wrong, show off your perfect knowledge and skills and protect yourself from the vulnerability of being wrong or having questions, you will be much more focused on actually working with your clients and helping them achieve their goals. And they will love you for it. So I hope you will ask yourself some new questions and really challenge the way you view and approach your difficult clients going forward. You will enjoy your work more, have more time and energy, and improve your overall client experience as you do it. And you'll probably start making more money. If you want to do this work specifically with my help, I am here for you. Schedule a consult at the link in the show notes or on my website, sarahnemechek.com. Have a great week! Thanks for tuning in and remember to come back for more each week to keep your brain operating at its highest level so you can enjoy your accounting and finance career while also having a life you love. Want even more tips on living a life you love while feeling less stressed and more fulfilled in your accounting and finance work? Get on my email list where I share new perspectives every week. Seriously, I think you'll enjoy these emails. Sign up at the link in the show notes or by visiting my website at saranamachek.com.